Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. To you live from the Ray Horseman Studio in North Hollywood, California. It's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. On tonight's show, Feet, are your dogs killing you? Podiatrist Dr. Patrick Levine is here to guide us through your pedal extremities, warts and all. Then, the Green New Deal. We've all heard of it, but what is it? Dr. Christian Groth, political science professor from USC, is here to help us find out just how green it is. Hopefully he'll have good news for our environmental fate. I'm Adam Felber, the guy who's here to provide this show with arch support. And now, please welcome the woman who's always pigeon-toeing the conversation, Paula Poundstone! Thank you so much! Oh, welcome, Paula. And thank you to tonight's house band, returning champ Longo Chu, who's going to be playing us some pop rock tonight. Oh, that was great. Thank was you really very great. much. That was uh, that was uh, the devil went down to Georgia, of course. The uh, I didn't realize that. You didn't? I just thought it was high spirited uh, violin. Oh, well, was it Charlie it Daniels? Was, is it classic. fiddle or, or, or violin? And does it only matter on the way you play it? Or it only it... matters on the way you play it. Yeah. Am uh-huh. I right, Longo? Yes, you're correct. Yes, he says I'm correct. Um, wow. All right. So you know how I got a new puppy? Remember, I told you I got a new puppy last week. I did. I, I told you a story about the banana falling out of my backpack. Yes, was, and I thought pivotal... the banana was not germane to the story. Yeah, it was a pivotal. Our listeners can go back and the... listen to the beginning of the episode. It was the pivotal part of the entire story. It was not. So um, we get for my other dog, the pod dog, Sirius, who's, who's right here, down here at your feet, here with us. Um, we buy at like I don't know some pet store uh, a stuffed like a what do you call it plush toy? A plush and toy. And it's got a squeaky thing inside. A of chew it. toy. Well, um, it's a plush toy with a squeaky. With a squeaky thing inside of it, and it looks like a hedgehog. And so we always call it Mr. Prickle Pants. Um, in truth, okay. they a don't demeaning to the hedgehog community. But... No, it's from um, Toy Story Two. Okay. There's a character in it that... So that makes it okay. It does. Okay. So, but it's not actually called that, but we always call it that. So when Wendell went to the Petco... Your assistant Wendell. My assistant Wendell, when he went to the Petco um, and looking for one, because we said, could you get us a new Mr. Prickle Pants? He went in and he said to them, you know, do you have a Mr. Prickle Pants? And they wow. just stared at him. They gave him face number two the whole yeah, time. I, I might have called security at that moment. Yeah, yeah. So they the, didn't, ne- the next word out of people's mouths when they usually say that is, because here's one. Yeah. Do you have a Mr. Prickle Pants? Yes, because yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a dangerous area to start in. I would definitely be hitting that silent alarm. All right. So anyways, Wendell um, just brought home another Mr. Prickle Pants. Different Prickle Pants. Uh, yeah, a new one uh, because my dog 
uh, Mo, my new puppy, just shredded the last big one that we had. Okay. And I had never read the warnings on the, there's like a tag with warnings. A tag with warnings. It says, when choosing a toy, make sure to choose an appropriate size toy for your dog. That makes sense. No toy is indestructible. Always supervise your dog when using a toy of any kind. This is a little over the top. Inspect toys regularly for damage and remove and replace if broken or if parts become separated, as serious injury may result. So you're reading all this legal boilerplate off the tag. This was on the tag. Right. Yeah. And I have to tell you, uh, Ray, I'm hoping you can distort my voice for this because I don't want anyone to recognize me. Um, Okay. I never supervise my dog when it plays with toys. <gasps> Monster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but the it. other thing is, uh, Mr. Pricklepants, it, it, any, any plush toy we've ever had, what the dogs do with it is they play with it for a little while, and then they just shred it. Yeah, that's because, part of the joy of it. Because inside these toys is something that squeaks. Yeah. It's an invitation to destroy the toy. Well, precisely. And therefore, check toys regularly for damage. Yeah. It's really... It's, it's, it's almost moot. Well, if the precisely. dog has played with the toy, it's damaged. Yeah. Yeah. And then, unfortunately... I just love that you've launched this Prickle Pants thing into the show, because we had this production meeting yesterday, and there was no I, mention of Prickle Pants. No, because this <laughs> This is something you're giving to me. This is this is a current event, Adam. Okay, this is breaking this news. This is breaking news, So we're canceling exactly. other shit that was supposed to be on our show for this Prickle Pants story. Yes, exactly. You didn't want to run that by me or anything. You can also receive the Wolf Pack, um, which is a pet parent insight group. You might want to be a part of the Wolf Pack. The Wolf Pack. Wolf. Wolf Pack. Adam, Wolf oh. Pack. Okay, I don't have the label wolf. in front of me. So. It's the Wolf Pack. It's okay. a pet parent insight group. That's also on the they label? They meet on a regular basis. To discuss. And they talk about pet parenting insights. Right, like, like you should supervise your yeah, dog when yeah. you give him like a- Like my dog has part of the, um, because there's a, like a, there's a, mm, I don't know what you call it, like a fiber fill inside Mr. Pricklepants. I think fiber fill's probably right. It's strewn all over my backyard because well, I have seen that happen. Yeah, it's that white foam, foamy exactly, stuff. Exactly, yeah. because I improperly supervised my dog. Yeah, shame when on was, you. I, I do feel deep- uh, Shame. Ray Horseman, I'm hoping you can alter my voice again when I say that. Uh, which, which is that I did not properly supervise my dog. I don't understand why you think altering your voice for one sentence after you've asked for a voice alteration <laughs> in the previous sentence is going to protect you from the animal because rights I don't, people. Because I don't want people to know that I, if you could just alter my voice again. That I did not properly supervise my dog I while playing with voice. your masking strategy here is really what I'm doing. Yeah. I feel like well, people are still going to well, know. Well, I'm not usually on the lamb. I'm not an expert. Okay. As, yeah, no, as no, opposed clearly. to you. Clearly. Who's, uh, no, I'm not. I just. Are you. Uh, no. I, you know, uh, the other thing that I meant to mention. About the prickle bands? No. No. Uh, are we off of that already? Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. all I want to say about that. Um, all right. But I did also want to mention I don't know if I told you this last week, which is that I think I broke my toe. Did I tell you that? No. In my Taekwondo class. That's uh, actually important. Yeah. It is important yeah. and very painful. Which toe? Uh, my big toe uh, on oh. my left foot. That's the one that you can apparently do something about. All the other ones, you're just kind of on your own. But. Well, you know what I had been told um, was that you, um, you buddy tape. Uh, you tape your yeah, broken you, toe to the toe beside it. But, yeah. you know, they told but me that. with a big toe, it's a little different. I mean, you might want to get that looked at. Well, they told me that when I had a. We have a podiatrist on the show sitting I know. I'm excited you. about that. But they told me that when I had a trigger finger that right. I should buddy tape it. But yeah. what happened to me was that the unhealthy finger began to influence 
the healthy finger. It was a bad finger. influence on yes, the other finger? Exactly. Yeah. The buddy taping worked the I, wrong I'm way. I'm trying to imagine why you wouldn't mention this once we had our podiatrist on the show. No, because I'm talking to you about it. I get it. He's in a super soundproof booth. He doesn't hear anything. Oh, he's where right behind he's you. In he's a, laughing. He's in our spacious green room, Adam. Yes, yes. Where spacious he's green in, room here on Miranda Street. He's enjoying a buffet of fruits and vegetables. Yeah, we really do it up here, catering And we wise. have a, a sushi plate, and right. also we have a... A barbecue thing where our guests can toast their um, uh, s'mores right. that they or may choose to prepare. Or prepare their own uh, Mongolian uh, uh, beef uh, uh, plates. Yes, the yeah. Mongolian beef plates. Yeah. Yes. Um, hey, you know what I want to do? What do you want to do? Move on. Okay. Um, so we... <laughs> We have a, uh, yeah. you know, we have this long-running uh, theme song contest. Yes, yes. And, and, and we have a couple it's of- very popular. It's very popular because <laughs> we don't have a theme song for this show. I mean, no. Longo Chu, bless him, did a great job today. We didn't use a theme song because we don't have a theme song. We don't have a theme song. song. And we've received, you know, probably thousands of entries. Yeah. Uh, but here's a couple of new entries. Do you want to hear some? Oh, I do. Well, this first is by someone by the name of Captain Ambivalent. It's oh. very short and very sweet. Here oh, we go. Great. Captain Ambivalent. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone or Adam Felber or anybody else. Nobody listens because they're too busy texting. But if you listen, then you might improve yourself. He's not here. Oh. Wow. That and he ended great. with He's Not Here, which yeah. is a reference to um, survivalist uh, Thomas Coyne, who was supposed to appear on our third show, never showed up and never got in touch with us, so we assumed he was killed out on Miranda Street. He didn't say, you know, we got him, we booked him because he was a survivalist. Yeah. We don't know that he was a good survivalist. Well, he, we knew he was good at bear, surviving bear attacks, which is well, why no, he was here. No, we don't know that he was good at surviving. He we was, don't know that he ever he encountered a bear. hired to talk to us about it. Uh, well, hired is a strong term. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He you was know, he technically was I haven't yet been hired. No, don't say that in front of our guests, please. They yeah. still think they're getting whatever Bonnie promised them. Yeah. Um. <laughs> we offered every guest a Hawaiian chip. <laughs> Bonnie almost insisted. Yeah, but Captain Bonnie for like you'll be in the chips if you show up on Tuesday yeah. night. She said yeah. she offered them uh, Hawaiian chips and she said that she told them about how the package says that you'll feel like you're on the Pacific, right? Um, that you're, you know, that you're floating on the Pacific, and, right? Which apparently uh, part of the deal that got them to come down here was a, a free trip to Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. Isn't really going to happen. It turns the way out they, they, they just get it. a couple of chips. Well, we might we might be playing theme songs all night now that you've said that out loud in front of our guests. Uh-oh. But I, I really enjoyed the Captain Ambivalence theme song. Um, I thought it was great. And, they, and the I reference to really Thomas good. Coyne, he's not here because we're engaging in a. Kind of harebrained worldwide manhunt for Thomas Coyne. It's not Coyne remotely now. harebrained. It's completely harebrained. No, it isn't. Well, 100%. we've had. I have listeners come up to me all the time and tell me that they uh, have been identified looking places at, where he isn't. Right, exactly. It's and so not we exactly are. Exactly a drag. He's got to be feeling that noose right now. He's got to be feeling I don't, that. Don't think well, not, he is. You know, a tightening, uh, a, a tightening dragnet around the location think. of. Of Thomas Coyne, it's it's going to turn out he's in the Trump administration somewhere yeah, because they're, they're feeling the they're starting to the feel the nobody's the looking net. there these yeah. days. Um, the next entry uh, is from Joel Carver. He has a punk rock metal vibe going on. Oh yes. Oh wow. It's very dark. Nobody listens to Oh yeah. Jesus Christ. Hey, uh, by the way, 
Has anyone seen Thomas Coyne? That was well, phenomenal. I have to say, you know, over the over the weeks and months of this podcast, you have encouraged our listeners to do two things. To you listen. You blatantly encouraged them to call you a genius in their theme song and to mention Did that. Did I ever suggest that they do that? Explicitly. No. Several times. I'm not certain that's true. Um, Ray Horseman, uh, if you could break out the tapes and then insert them here, we'll have a retrospective of Paula saying that 30 times in a row. Um but no, I. What I've said is, it if, stands a better chance of winning if they I've mention that you're a genius. If people happen to mention that I was a genius, yes. that it would, you know, draw my attention. Yes, you also mentioned all. that you would like them to perhaps mention that Adam Felber is on every show. No, I never told anybody to mention you were on. Somebody did mention that once, and then you just kind of ran with every, it. Yeah. Every show, so we're getting a lot no, of theme songs. I just with made that. note that that's true. You it's have true, been but on it's every not a show. Compliment. I'm just saying it again. Um, what do you mean it's not a compliment? I think that we can encourage our listeners to say something else about me, other than he's there too. Well, I'll try. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, now this last entry is from Jan Van Gold. Jan I'm to- Van Gold? Mm-hmm, I'm, oh, told, I'm told that we are just playing a portion of this two and a half minute long song. Wow. And uh, apparently, ac- according to uh, uh, Tony Anita Hall, our producer, I will be very pleased. I, Adam, will be very pleased with this chosen selection. Oh, boy. Stone for president. I mean, really, how much worse could it get? Paula's the genius of common sense. Vote for a brownstone for president. Live from the Ray Horseman studio with a cast of Cat of the Week and Double Stuff Oreos. Paula is vital. She studies Taekwondo and Paula. Will even blow up another balloon animal. Adam Feldman, Mr. Extraordinaire. Did I happen to mention he also has no hair? With his hair. backyard dad band and his self-confidence. Let's vote Adam Felber for vice president. Paula Poundstone All right. for president. Wow, that's, uh, that's, that's nice. imagine how much better life could get? That's that's nice. I, I see what I see what Tony is talking about because because yeah. it's mentioning that I'm here, but also uh, g- gives me name checks my baldness, which I guess I'm flattered by. Yeah, well, you wanted them to say something more than that you were here. Yeah, so and they, they did. mentioned that you have no hair. Yeah, and also that you could be vice president. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that yeah. I, it doesn't come across as quite as flattering as I think Tony Anita Hall thought it would to me. Yeah, but I'll take it. Yeah. I'll no, I think you'd see. That sounded it's, really great. It's Thank certainly you, moving in the right direction. Yes. If it's a trend. If, 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 if it trends away from he's just there. Yeah. Just taking up space. Really? I'll be very happy. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be nice. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally, and everybody just piles on it, and it it's comfy, and yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. 
That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Plus, enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes you know when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff it's really not that technical you know uh no matter what way you sleep they have a mattress that will support and comfort you how hard is that uh, you know when you say it that way it seems a lot simpler i take it back that's my boner <laughs> and your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge and helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home that's why they offer a hundred night trial and a 10 to 15 year warranty to try out your new helix mattress well i like that there's a warranty but they can pry that mattress with my cold dead hands i took the sleep quiz i was matched with the helix midnight lux i got the lux and I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? 
Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler Five Pocket Pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger. Ooh. And, you know, I put them on when I came back from New York. I pulled them on and I, I swear to you, okay. This is not scientific because I was tired already. Right. But they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable. That honestly, like right as I got them up to my waist, I I, I think my eyes closed. They're so, co- it's a softness. It's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quinn sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't (laughs) think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I, I can see any. You got your genius thing there, by the way, in a you nomination know, for president. It's nothing. And, it's yeah. nothing. No, it's, it's not really nothing. It's kind of way better than what I got. Um, but okay, remember, everybody, you can submit Thomas Coyne's whereabouts, theme songs, and more to nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Now, we have to move on. Paula. Let's move on. Yeah. What's new on the word of the week front? Oh, oh, Adam. Yes. I don't just think of you as a guy. I think of you as a male. And do you know why? Because I'm expanding my vocabulary and selecting richer words in my speech. For example, this week, my new word is inchoate. Inchoate. Which is an adjective that means disorderly or chaotic. Yes. In the past, I might have said that my desk is a shithole. Right. But now that I'm developing a dynamic vocabulary, I can tell you that my desk is inchoate. Well, you know, I'm very interested to hear the pronunciation because 
Um, that word was kind of important in my family growing up. I didn't know you were going to pick this word. That was an important word in your family? Because nobody could figure out how to pronounce it. It there, looks like inchoate, but it, it isn't. It looks like inchoate. It's yeah. I-N-C-H-O-A-T-E. And apparently a couple of dictionaries that my mom, who was a writer, uh, found there were a couple of warring pronunciations in them. But I'm going to go with inchoate from now on. It's great. Well, I'm using, I think, the Merriam-Webster's uh, student dictionary. I, thought, okay, yeah, and I don't know from what year. I look, I don't, by I don't, the look of it, I've seen that. I'm going to go with 1947. I don't know if there was a trend to change the pronunciation of inchoate, but that's there certainly what it looked like the spelling of in, it. My, in my book. Inchoate. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Well, one of the things I like about the dictionary is that it is, it is not inchoate. No, it's very orderly. I love the orderliness. I love, I love, uh, I like to just thumb through it, you know? Yeah. Where I see inchoate in literature is usually next to the word rage. Really? Yes. In, what, in, in, in literature, you read comic books. What, what? I don't, what? You read comic books. No, I read novels as well. Oh, I didn't realize. Like, no, inside your thousands novel. thousands of novels. No, inside your novel, there's a comic book so that it looks like you're reading. No, I've actually read a lot of books. Oh, have you? Okay, yeah, that's just good. Just because I wrote some comic books doesn't mean that that's no, what I read. No, but you also, you know a lot about comic books. Not really. Yes, you do. Every time we've talked about it, you know about comic well, books. Well, we've talked about those Marvel movies. Right. Yeah. I do know about movies based on comic books, oh, but I wouldn't consider I myself a comic book guy. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Yeah. All right. I, take, you it see, all, now I, I take it all back then. Now I'm filled with inchoate rage. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's all right. You know what? It was a solecism on my part, and I apologize. Wow. You just broke out a word from like four weeks ago. Yeah. Solecism. Yeah. Or as I like to say, a boner. Because <laughs> yeah. I yes. know it makes well, me laugh every a, time uh, I say yeah. it. It's a, it's a social faux pas. It's a social faux pas. Okay. It's, a, it's yeah, solicism. And, yeah. uh, you know, I got Why anyone I would ever a, choose solicism over boner, I do not know. I got a string of solicisms behind me, but if I had a string of boners behind me, I'd run like hell. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And on that, coming up, Dr. Patrick Levine is here to talk all things feet, and he won't tread lightly. Then, Dr. Christian Gross from USC will help us figure out if the Green New Deal has anything to do with how many vegetables we should eat. That's all coming up on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone right after this. Nice. Thank you, house band Longo Chew. You know... I like painted black. Thank you very much. I was right right on that one, right? Of course it was painted black. Leonardo da Vinci once said, the human foot is a masterpiece of engineering and a work of art. Leo, I think we have to disagree. Paula, you and I were both wondering, why are we so embarrassed to talk about feet? Now, I I know why I'm embarrassed to talk about mine, but... Yeah, why are you embarrassed to talk about yours? Because they're horrible, but you had had a theory that people are... Horrible feet. Horrible feet. I wonder if people aren't embarrassed to talk about feet because we generally cover them up. That's possible. Yeah. You know, I think just in our society, we don't lead with our, you know, yeah. we don't put our best yeah. foot forward. No, we it's, it, it is. It's, it's, it's awkward a misnomer talking about of an expression. Feet. Yeah, it is awkward. Um, I've been made fun of my for my feet for my whole life. By who? Every kid in school. Oh, no. Why? Because I, I have big feet and they seemed even bigger when I was littler. What, wait, I, so your feet grew big and then your body uh, My body never quite caught up to it, actually. Really? I, I'm still six feet tall with like size 14 feet. You do have big feet. I, I remember very being with feet. you at Hurricane Harbor one time. Yes. And, and remember we got... We, I remember we, exactly we how loud you were on this uh, segment. Uh, 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 we yeah. sunburned our feet on the uh, walking around because you didn't have shoes while you were walking around. Yeah. And then we went to get... Um, what was it? 
water shoes for you, and they right. didn't make them your size. No, they did not. We had to stitch together oh, yeah. two large water we shoes. We didn't. We did. No, we didn't actually do that. But that's yeah, the we kind did. of amazingly uh, sharp humor that I've been enduring all my life on the subject of really? my feet. So this From is, like fifth grade on, yeah. people were like, So this is bringing you back to that painful time? Yeah, I remember uh-huh. David Castle would go like, I'm going canoeing this weekend. Can I borrow your shoes? <laughs> Oh, David Castle. Yeah, yeah. Casau. Yeah. Oh, Casau. Yeah. Oh boy, I bet you came back at him with a with a quip. No, no, no. I just waited around and slashed his mom's tires. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's you know, exactly. That was the way I did things. Yeah. No, but I, I suspect that that's because people are embarrassed by shoes. Uh, I mean, embarrassed, embarrassed by, by feet. Shoes. Embarrassed by feet. That that it's a fetish. I think anything that people are a little embarrassed about, somebody's going to turn into a sexual fetish. Huh. And foot fetishism is like one of the top ones out there. I didn't realize that. Oh yeah. Huh. Oh yeah. 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 No, there's I just finished reading Amy Tan's uh uh The Joy Foot Club? No, the amazing Valley or Valley of Amazement. Valley of the Feet. Valley of Amazement. And there's Va- like Valley of the foot, Amazing foot, Feet. But no, no, not Valley of the Amazing Feet. There's okay. foot binding in it. Oh. So, yeah. uh, and that's yeah. kind of a, an extension of a fetish. Yeah. Or at least. Is a, it? I don't think it is. I don't know. I don't think foot binding is an extension of anything. It's, it's, it's a reduction. Exactly. It's a, yeah. Whereas when we were at Hurricane Harbor, we had to stitch together. We didn't. Like no. two or three. Large shoes Water for shoes. each of yeah. your feet. I meant yeah. to mention it because yeah. I remember I paid for those. And in later years, I've been made fun of for my feet uh, by actual podiatrists. No, you went to a podiatrist. They looked at your feet and they were like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, no, no, no. That's this ridiculous. doctor had. I won't. I won't name. I won't name. But he had me walk down the hallway, right? Yeah. And so he watched me walking away barefoot with my pants like uh, up up in my knees. Yeah. And he laughed and he called me a biomechanical disaster and laughed again. You know what? That was an ear, nose, and throat guy. Oh. Yeah. He was laughing that he was able to get you to do that. Yeah. All to right. roll your pin. Did he no. call you Huck Finn? Do you remember that? Yes, of course. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, that was not a foot doctor. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Well, maybe our guest can help us heal some of our foot shame. Is it Dr. Patrick? Dr. Levine. Yeah. Dr. Dr. Levine. Levine. Okay. This is You're getting awfully here. palsy with no, this yeah. guy. Well, look, it's in the <laughs> script. Yeah. Were you like that when you went to that other doctor? Yeah. Were you disrespectful? That's well, why he no, laughed. No, I just at called you. him Dr. Big Nose. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. And then he said, yeah, you know what? Roll your pants up above your knees, take your shoes off, and waddle down the hall, would you? Yeah. And then he made me do a dance. Yeah, a little so, jig. Hey, yeah. Bigfoot, you want to step it up? Yeah. Do you remember that? Is right, any so of this ringing a bell? All right, anyway, Dr. Patrick Levine. What was the name of the kid in the fifth grade? David Casau. Yeah, and was it Dr. Casau that you'd gone to? Because that was a mistake. I got to tell you, David Casau, I've recently learned, is a doctor now. Wow, yeah. Not a foot doctor, though. No. Now, Dr. Patrick Levine is a doctor of... Pa- Podiatric? Podiatric. Podiatric medicine and a board-qualified, surgically trained foot and ankle surgeon. He is on staff at Providence St. Joseph's Hospital in Burbank, California. Please welcome Dr. Patrick Levine. (laughs) Nice, Longo Chew. All right. Thank you for being here, Dr. Levine. Now, before Paul and I get to all our foot problems, and there are a lot of them, why do you think people are so embarrassed to talk about feet? I think you guys hit it kind of on the nail on the head. Um, I think a lot of it is that that they're always closed. Um, Mm -hmm. You're always covering them. Uh Um, Also, they can smell not great at times. Okay, Um, There's wrinkles and crevices all over the place. Uh If you think about it, it's it's almost a little bit like genitals. You're you're covering everything. Um, You don't want to expose it. And so because of that, people become self-conscious about it. And what I'm learning is that that's how fetishes 
are. I think so, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I, I think no fetishes, I think people you're, fetishize things yeah. that are slightly forbidden or embarrassing. I think if if that's the case, and then you're I exactly right. I think it's just right a Adam. guess on Dr. Yeah. Felber's part. Uh, okay. Well, I don't think he actually knows that. Do you run into sure. any foot fetishes in your line of work? Oh, or everybody are your thinks everybody. Everybody thinks me you are. Right. Oh, every yes. Yeah. So it's probably about every third patient asks if I have a foot fetish. And it's pretty. They ask you. Yeah. 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 And that's kind of the first time you meet meet them, and that's they're kind of weary of you at first because it's kind of like why are you a foot doctor and um, and if you were to say like would you really even if you did have a foot fetish are you likely to confess it to every third patient I would think not I, I would not and no. I also would not get into podiatry if I had a fetish right, because these feet are, are bad messed feet. up yeah. yes these are oh, feet like mine much worse this much, would be like being, an, being an OBGYN that dealt with really like uh, corrupt vaginas These, corrupt <laughs> That's well, that's like, a way like of box weed it. type of you know, I've been trying about? to uh, uh, I've been trying to increase my vocabulary, right? And so, I use oh, the so word you were using corruption in the in the sense of foul, as yeah, opposed it's, to it's not uh, yes, not not, uh, not, 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 like not on the take, not developed correctly. No, not corrupt like Trump administration. No. Okay. I, no. I see what you're saying. Yeah, do yeah. you? Because you very much, I do Dr. not. I'm just I going okay, that. this is really good of you. Now, Paula, you had a question, right? <laughs> I do. I have so many questions. Okay, here's the thing. You know, I, as one of our um, theme songs mentioned, I do take Taekwondo. And when I run on mats, this is where I first discovered this problem. I run on mats without shoes, but with poofy socks. It feels like my veins are being squished between the mats and my bones. And if I keep my sneakers on, it's not as bad, but it's still a problem. And I never noticed it until I started doing Taekwondo. So my question is, when did it happen? Why does it happen? And what can I do about it? So if it is actually your veins, then it may be varicose veins. Uh, varicose veins. Well, I don't know if it's my veins. It's just when I, it's painful to run. It's painful when, kind of when you're on the ball of your foot? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it could be a variety of reasons. I would have to check it out, but it could be a bone problem, could be muscle, tendon, ligament, could be a vascular problem, could even be an irritated nerve. So when It could be a bone problem? It's possible. Would that it's be a, bonal? Um, <laughs> just wanted to say bonal, didn't you? Yeah, I feel it's bonal. You were getting a free consultation and you just derailed it yourself. Sorry, sorry, I thought That's it was right. bonal. Now, um, we're going to get to more general questions about feet in a minute, but uh, let me ask you about about. Wait, and back yeah. up to that one. Uh, so what should so I first, do about first it? First thing I would try is compression it. socks. Compression socks work for... Compression socks? Compression socks. Have you ever tried compression no, socks? No, I haven't. Compression socks, they're basically just like tight socks. But what uh -huh. they really do is they push the blood back up to where your, where your knees are. And... The knees and up have really good um, valves that push the blood back the rest of the way to your heart. But uh -huh. the, the valves that are below the knee, they don't work nearly as well. So, really? Yeah. So that's how you can get swelling. So if you have any sort of injury, that's why the foot and the ankle tend to swell so much. So if you wear those compression socks, it'll push the blood back to the knee, okay. which will then get to the veins that have the valves that will push it the rest of the way back to the heart. Don't you think that's it's weird idea. that the body would be constructed with a whole section that doesn't have good blood stuff? But the body's so many compromises. I mean, like, anybody designing from the ground up would never have made knees the way that ours are made. They're terrible. They're just awful. And it's kind of wear and tear, too. It's a, it's kind of like osteoarthritis. It's just the longer that you're around, the the worse the, the valves start to, to work. So oh, the valves aren't working good. Yeah, the valves stop working nearly as well. So, okay. so that's why the compression sock would be such a good first line of treatment. That way, if you do have any swelling, if there's an injury, you're going to push that 
all that that fluid back up to the knee so that it can get the rest of the way up to the heart. Okay. Also, just of note, it also takes pressure off your heart because your heart fills up with more blood with every time it beats, so it doesn't have to beat as many times per minute. Oh, it slows down your pulse? Oh. Mm-hmm. It actually compression does. Compression socks will slow down your compression pulse. Compression socks, wow. every person on the planet should be wearing compression socks. Are you wearing them right now, Doctor? I'm not. I wear them on a regular basis, but I'm not wearing them right now. What, what happened today? Why would you today? come here to nobody listens to Paul Poundstone <laughs> on a scenic Miranda Street? You should have. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I should have just said I was <laughs> to yeah. come here to Big talk mistake. about feet and not be wearing compression socks you're abs- when you're clearly an advocate. You just didn't have any clean ones. Right. You're yeah, absolutely right. You didn't right. have clean ones. I have so many pairs. I just He has a lot of pairs. They can be kind of tough to put on. Sure. Oh, you were in a hurry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who's got the time? Yeah. 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 So, okay. uh, so it's hard to put them on cuz they're so tight. There there's a specific way to put them on, there which makes it much much easier. You it's like up. doing a stuff sack. You yeah, have them exactly. all the way. You kind of do it inside out. And yeah. Oh, yeah. And you roll yeah. The rest of the and way a out. team. You have to have a team of people. Is that correct? Yeah, like a pit crew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, or, or what are they called? The people used to put up the circuses. A pit crew. It wasn't a pit crew. Okay. Oh, I can't think of the name. Well, neither Damn can I. Damn it, I hate that. I, Not clowns. Bonnie Burns is saying clowns over there. <laughs> but, but roustabouts. Next. You need a team of roustabouts. Is that what they're called? Yes. Uh, you need roustabouts to get your compression socks. We've run well, far afield. Yeah, okay. I, I would say next time you do taekwondo, get a pair of compression socks, okay. try them out. I bet you'll feel much better. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Now, now let's get to me, and then we'll yeah, get to general get to foot stuff. Okay. But, you know, right. we've already fooled Dr. Levine into thinking this is a podcast <laughs> where we're just getting free medical consultation. Now, I have very flat He's getting feet. a trip. Yeah, he is. He's yeah, getting a trip to getting, Hawaii here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, to an undisclosed <laughs> island. Yeah. Um, now, um... Uh, the other thing that my feet were always made fun of as a kid was how flat they are. Like my footprints on the beach, which looked like bricks, little brick imprints, um, were a subject of fun. And over the years, that's become really, uh, that's why I'm a biomechanical disaster, because my ankle is collapsing in over an empty space, and my knee is pronated, and mm-hmm. and my uh, doctor told me that Just he was going to make me some- Just more lucky to have you on every show. I, it's amazing that I can walk. <laughs> the really. hell you must go through just to get here. It hurts to walk yeah. all the time. yeah. Yeah, that's Sometimes why I ride a bike so much. Yeah, you because know, you ride a bike, and then that does what? It's, it, it, there's no impact on my feet when I'm riding a bike. Oh, well, you use feet to ride a bike, don't you? Yeah, but, Dr. Uh, but if, you have, if you have foot problems, biking is a very good form of exercise. Well, but See? you park your bike in the alley, and then you walk and in. And then I limp in here, yeah, yes. I want you to feel free to, to just pedal in? all the way in. That's really nice of you, Paul. Yeah, in fact, you know, we can get... Uh, a, we can get like a ambulance. I team. can still walk. <laughs> I've been to theme parks with you, as you yeah. just noticed. Yeah, but, exactly. But it, it can be very painful. So this doctor, who, who after he was done laughing at my, the biomechanical disaster that was me, he said, "I'm going to make you orthotics," which had been somewhat helpful. But then he said something that, that confused me. He said, um, "Any podiatrist less good than myself would tell you to get surgery, but I'm telling you that that's the worst thing you could do." I would not necessarily agree with that. I need to look at your feet. Okay. First, first number one thing is, are your feet painful? Well, that one foot is, yeah. Okay, so you have one foot that's very, very painful. And yeah. even with orthotics, you've tried physical therapy, you've tried I mean, medications, nothing's getting better. I don't like the medications, but uh, but no, it hasn't gotten yeah. much better. I, it's still, when like, it gets to the point where you're limping, that's when I start talking about surgery. And okay. That's really because once you start limping, then it starts affecting. Ago. Okay, because that's when it starts affecting your knees, right. your hips, and your lower back, which I think you told me that you had some lower back problems in oh, the yeah, past, right? Yeah, yeah. So everything's connected. It's called uh-huh. the kinetic chain. And so right. that once you really start limping, that's really when I start at least discussing the possibility of surgery. It's a big surgery. If, if it was, you know, if you have a 
of flat foot reconstruction. It's six to eight weeks where you're off your foot. So it's something that, that you re- great. Yeah, it's. Can I just tell people it, I had it? <laughs> six to eight weeks where off your feet where. Of, off your you feet. wouldn't be here every show. No, they could wheel you me show, in. Yeah. It would be like, oh, yeah, right. It would yeah. be the podcast version of Rear Window. It would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I saw good. a murder on Miranda Street. And everybody would be like, yes, yeah, so did we. Yeah. No, <laughs> every <yeah>. third night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right. So, it's six to eight weeks recovery from your, what, what did you call it? Uh, a it's flat a, a foot reconstruction? Flat foot reconstruction is what you would have. And it would involve... Cutting multiple bones, probably oh, fusing Jesus. multiple joints. Yeah, it's a big surgery it's with a horrible plates idea. and screws. So, yeah, like Does I said, it work. They work for the right patients. If you're having a lot of pain, uh-huh. if it's causing you to limp, those are the patients who usually do the best. Okay. So patients who just have flat feet and but not much pain, I would never recommend a surgery like this. Right. But if you're having a lot of pain, especially if you're limping, that's when you really want to talk about because that's when it really starts working its way to other parts of your body. Oh, it already has. Yeah. Oh, for sure it has. Oh, it absolutely So it may be too late for you. Okay. Um, (laughs) Was that a joke? (laughs) Okay, good to know. So um, (laughs) now Fred Flintstone used to make his car go with his feet mm-hmm. and his feet were as flat as could be and mm-hmm. it never seemed to give him any problems at all yeah so did you yeah. when you were did you used to watch the flintstones when you were a kid i never paid attention to his feet the the foot structure using the power's car <laughs> at what point did you decide that you wanted to be a foot doctor as opposed to another kind of doctor yeah so i wanted to do orthopedic surgery and my mom had about four foot surgeries when oh. i was growing up oh so you're just interested in it um, so my mom heavily influenced every part of my life, including the, my job. Um, and so, mm-hmm. uh, when I wanted to go into orthopedic surgery, she said, Hey, come, come shadow my podiatrist. And so I did. Mm-hmm. And then I saw all the surgery that they do and the trauma. And that's what got me interested in it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that as a young I boy, a, I had a foot fetish. She was, no, <laughs> no, no as a young boy. Nobody's saying that. We're just applying She struggled so much with her feet that she just gave you a knife one day and said, see what you can do. Oh, like Rocky. Yeah, we, Jess was well, like, you know, I told, fix my I, feet. I, I told her when I once I was a foot doctor that I was going to fix her foot pains, and uh, her foot pains are kind of fixed already. But but I still give her, I modify her orthotics and whatnot. Uh-huh. Oh, no, yeah. that's yeah. nice. But the yeah. surgery worked for her, I guess. And uh, yes, uh, yes, she said she never had a pain free step in her life until after she had the surgery. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Now yeah. my uh, son's not going to do that. For when me. to put kids in shoes? Yeah, I I saw right. that. Well, yeah, just shoes in general. Uh, yes. The question. Okay. Yeah, so, as so. they're learning to, you have a baby. When do you uh-huh. put shoes on a baby? That's a very interesting question. When and they where ex- on a baby do you put them? <laughs> Those are going to go on the feet. We're okay. talking about oh, on the right, feet. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Are, um, are we talking father. just the standard baby? Or, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, <laughs> standard baby. So, baby XL. Your government with, with issue baby. What? What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, no deformities, like anything. Just no, 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 I don't yeah, want a yeah. deformed yeah. baby. So, so once they're walking around, once they're, they're walking outside where they could potentially have some sort of foreign body, enter their foot, that's when you really want to start wearing shoes. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Well, the reason I asked is because when my daughter's physical therapist had told me that people put their kids in shoes too early. Um, um, because shoes are cute, but um, that in order to get the toes firing uh, mm-hmm. and getting those signals that to the brain and all, um, and get the you know get the toes really doing their toe job, which they don't do much of inside a shoe, right? Um, that uh, you want to keep them out of shoes as long as you can. That's actually a very good point. And you know what? I've never actually thought of that, but that's a I great point. I can't believe but I actually do see. I, I do see kids a fair amount, but but that specific aspect of it, I've never been asked when do you. 
put kids in shoes. So I've I mean, never I know that of, if we were going yeah, out in the snow, for example, yeah. I would put some sort of warm thing on my child's feet right. or carry them. Right. Uh, but, but you live uh, in Santa Monica. I live in Santa Monica. Oh, exactly. Once so. they're outside walking on a regular basis, that's when I would start wearing shoes. But while they're in the house, I think that is a good idea, actually, to keep, keep them out of shoot. Yeah. Keep them barefoot. Get their intrinsic muscles firing. So Beyond hey. babies, what are some like best practices for feet? What are people not doing to their feet besides the aforementioned compression socks? So really, the number one thing for feet is if you have diabetes, keep your blood sugar under control. And if you use nicotine, stop using nicotine. So actually, podiatry has become big in limb salvage. We there, Especially with diabetes today, there's yeah. lots and lots of amputations that are yeah. going on. Um, so you keep your blood sugar under control. Uh, and keep oh, by the, the way, did you want a Three Musketeers bar or a Butterfinger? <laughs> Yeah, I noticed you haven't touched our snack table yet. Yeah, right oh. there, right there. It's, you know, one of the things um, we offer here in our green room. Sure, I'll take it. Um, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's an original Butterfinger. Yeah, you know what? A they changed their recipe a couple Thank months ago. So a compression well. sock should take care of the results of that. Don't yeah. you worry about it. Um, I was going to ask you something yeah, else. Now, okay. now when you lose okay. that foot, okay. people will come to your office and they'll go like, how brave are you still taking care of other people? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it'll be a beautiful, courageous story. Now, um, so, in, all right. So, so don't given use nicotine the, or... And, and try to keep your blood sugar under control. Okay, yes. so ahead, it's Paul. just sort of a whole body thing. Like you want. Um, now, what about high heels? How yeah. bad are they? So it's not necessarily the high heels that are the problem. It's actually it's the toe box where the women try to squeeze their toes into this little tiny area. Pointy thing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the pointy thing. So, you know, some like wedges that, that have, you know, a four inch heel, but then the, the forefoot's at two inches high. Those are really actually pretty good shoes for you. So the wedges would put you up really high. You're up even, really high. Even though you, even though your heel is not up much higher than the rest of your foot, so you, but you're still up. So don't people turn their ankles on those they all can, the time? They can. So if that's so how we get, so you still want to get drinking. some flow of patient yeah. traffic. Yeah. So you're so suggesting if you're drinking that, alcohol, that's that's usually what happens. And uh, you almost, think, so you think you have to lots be of drunk? Ankle, yeah, we get a lots of ankle sprains and fractures from. Uh, yeah, but anybody could fall off those towering yep. infernos. Yes. They're yes. a horrible idea. Yeah. yeah. And big, you know what? They're also bad for your calves. And you know how I know this. No. This is a good story. So I'm yeah. going to tell it really quickly. Yeah. I knew a comedian who toured with Dolly Parton. Really? And he said she was the absolute nicest person in the world. Just wonderful. They I'm made really sure good friends. And uh, yeah, just unbelievable. But um, they were such good friends that, uh, you know, at various stops on the tour, she'd invite him to a room to play Scrabble. And they had this like Scrabble thing. He'd go to uh-huh. Dolly's suite and play Scrabble. Mm-hmm. And he said that like even in her. Playing like, Scrabble nine to five. Right. What, what a way, way to, to make score a triple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, That she would even answer the door. Here come again. No, I know her songs, Paula. Playing Scrabble in the break. Yep. When we're on the road together. Even coming like in her pajamas to the door for for a late night Scrabble session, she would be wearing high heeled slippers. Oh, that's absurd. And he he finally got around to asking her why she did that, Uh and she said, "Well, I've been wearing these you know four inch heels for so long." That when I try to stand, my calves are so compressed that I fall over backwards. Wow. Here we come again. <sighs> Falling over can backwards. Definitely give it, it's called Aquinas, which is like a tight Achilles. That's oh, she has Aquinas. Yes, she has Aquinas. Exactly. Which is like what horses have. That's where the name comes from. I didn't and she know that. solved it with, with high heel bedroom wow. slippers, apparently. So actually, when you get Achilles tendonitis, we give you heel lifts, and that takes tension off the Achilles oh. tendon so that it can heal. Nice. Oh. Here we come again. <laughs> That's really good, Paul. You have the accent and the melody I there. We, as we learned from uh, <laughs> yeah. the I got Coral it. Master recently, you have a good voice. I got it from the Applebee's commercial. Thank you. <laughs> oh, really nice. 
Now, um, yeah. So, all right. Well, I, I can't believe that you're in any way encouraging those uh, wedge things, which I think – I don't even think they look good. I think they just look stupid. Well, you know what I like about you uh, is that uh, is that you have a uh, you have a preconception uh, yeah. about yeah. something, and yeah. then you ask oh, an expert, <laughs> yeah. and then you have the fortitude to just not that. believe him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it's not that I don't believe him. He's yeah. just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I'll tell you. I, I don't know why we bother. You're no, uneducatable. No, and my heart goes out to the guy because he went to all that school. And, and still didn't learn yeah, not that your bias against wedges yeah. was Here completely Here we come right. again, Jesus wearing Christ. wedges on our feet and falling over backwards. Now, I saw you reacting before when we were talking about broken toes. And um, my wife was a professional dancer for years, so broke many a toe. Mm-hmm. There really is not nothing. Her. Do, no, 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 not her toes. No, she worked. She She's worked part time for the mob. To yeah, put herself in her rage, right. dance school. In her inability <laughs> to make cool. money as a dancer, right? She just There's went out. You can and do right. You just take to the, to, to the other yeah, toe. So for the big toe, I would yeah. get an X-ray on it. Just oh, to really? Make sh- yeah, for the big toes, a little bit different. There's an extraarticular fracture versus intraarticular. I think I broke the tip of it. If it's just the tip of it, then it's probably not much you can yeah, do. That's but, what I think. There's not much they can do. Yeah, so probably not, but it would make sense to just get an x-ray to make sure that there wasn't anything What about a compression else. sock? Wouldn't that just that hold be it great. together? Yeah, yeah, that would actually yeah. be great because it swells up panacea, a lot. That's isn't it? Yeah. Compression. It works where he's really, really well. Most of his money is in the compression socks <laughs> and the ankle turns. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, okay, thinking that I was helping my uh, painful foot running problem, mm-hmm. I did what at the pharmacy. Uh, you know how you're waiting for your yeah. pills and you get bored mm-hmm. and you go like do their stupid <laughs> blood pressure thing and then you do the I did the uh, Dr. Scholl's measureometer or whatever the hell it is for mm-hmm. the does that do anything at all or no. is that just so focus it's it's kind of a, a sales tactic yeah, um, so yeah. boy it worked on me yeah, yeah. did you buy well, yourself some Dr. Scholl's for like 50 bucks well wow. and what's nice is that it gives you a Inserts. bunch of extra cushioning so the first time you put it on it feels really really good that's but exactly what happened to me exactly you feel really good but I it's did not, feel really good but it's not not holding your foot in any specific corrected position so that's oh. why there's oh. custom orthotics or there's even some over the counter orthotics that do a good job of holding your foot in a corrected position uh huh Dr. Scholl's one's not so much. Dr. Yeah. Scholl's... Was he a uh, real doctor? Dr. Scholl? Yeah. There's actually a, a Scholl School of Podiatric Medicine. Is there really? In Chicago. Yeah. And how do they feel so, about the over-the-counter products? They don't like the... Sh- no. Interesting. Uh, Podiatrists yeah. aren't big. Dr. Yeah. Scholl's... So that name was sold off to <laughs> some... Yeah. 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 Uh, and, they, and remember the kind of wooden shoes with the... Uh, they were like a clogs? sandal. They weren't clogs, but they were... Um, they were... Uh, Crocs? Uh, no, they weren't Crocs. It was pre-Croc. It had one sandal strap, and they were kind of flippy floppies, but they were wooden. But it had one leather sandal strap, you know. I'm going to guess that the answer is those were bad, but... Well, they were Dr. Scholl's. Oh. And um, I remember my mother, for some odd reason, let me wear... Well, she I was in high school by then, but she let me wear them like one day to... Maybe it was in high school, maybe it was in middle school. But she let me wear them to church one day, which was not like her at all. And uh, then after church, we were at some friend's house having donuts, which is really the only reason to go These to church, in my opinion. These are very valuable details for a podiatrist. And I was wearing to. those doctor shorts, <laughs> and we went outside to play basketball, and I leaped up to get the ball in a, in a play, and, I, and my shoe moved forward, and I came down so incredibly I, painful. Yeah, so I would say don't play basketball in sandals in yeah. general. That's, yeah. That, yeah. that would be, yeah. Yeah. That, that would be yeah. my first. I could have advised that before you got yeah. your degree, You've, you've so, done some coaching yeah. with the NBA. Yeah, <laughs> I love that you're just telling stories of these incredibly ill-advised things that you did with your feet that, like, yeah. there's no way. you could, Like, you know, it's almost like, so I was 
walking on hot nails the other day and it, it really hurt. What should I do, doctor? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's because I'm turning to his expertise. See, you no, thought you I wasn't appreciating his expertise, but I that's why were... I'm saying, you know, should you play basketball with Dr. Scholes? And, sandals. Uh, and the answer clearly yeah, is he no. He just said, in no sandals at all, he felt you should. Sandals are not very good. For yeah. Flip-flops are not. Yeah. yeah. No. How do you feel? I, this is this one I have to ask because I have a friend who really swears by them. How do you feel about those shoes with the toes? No. You don't no. like those Vibram shoes? No. Are they Vibram? Uh, is that what it's called? They, there's a lot of different... They're, they're called minimalist shoes. Right. And, minimalist. And, yeah, and they're meant they're, they, they're meant to basically like your barefoot runner. Right. Um, if you're running less than a half mile, then yeah, sure, you can wear them. But if you're trying to run any measurable distance... You don't want those. They're, no. Uh, you know, they they say, well, these were made... This is how we ran back before, you know, okay. before there were shoes 20,000 years ago. Right. There wasn't concrete... 20,000 years exactly ago. Right. That's a very yeah. good point. That's, that's kind so of... So you're also a historian. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so, but but what about just for daily use? The shoes with, with, the, with the individuated toes, that doesn't do they, anything for you? It doesn't do anything for you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's no. not, if you're just walking around, it's not going to hurt you, but it's not it's not helping you really. I think it's going to hurt you a little bit because it looks goofy. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the way they look either, but that's not the reason why uh, I'm not a huge fan of them. As a doctor, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, in general, you want more stable shoes. So really, if yeah, you, you just... want more stable shoes, and yeah. you're encouraging people to wear those wedge shoes. I, those I can't high hurt you. Take a fucking like, elevator to I get just, in your shoes. I just, I just, That's not right. I, I, there's. <laughs> Like, You're making me nervous now. Am I making you nervous? <laughs> yeah. You, you no, know, if you I'm had joking. on your I'm compression joking. socks, you wouldn't have that problem right I know, now. That it's is very true. good for your heart. I know. My heart rate would slow. Yeah. yeah. It's like your heart rate's going too nervous. fast because you're yeah. not wearing your compression well, you're bad socks. You're for, for rushing through your morning routine today because now you got a problem making you panic. It doesn't have to happen. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, sorry. stable shoes. <laughs> stable shoes yeah, are stable good shoes. shoes. Good, good. Um, all right, Horses I love them. Do you have another question? I, I was did. about to get to our wrap-up. No, no, no. Oh, okay, time. Um, so what are, so could you you advise compression socks. Are there, are there a good kind of shoe for your feet? Yes. Um, Brooks Adrenaline GTS-19s. You what are very they? Similar are those shoes. sneakers? Yeah. They're, they're a form of Brooks, but it's a specific model of Brooks. Those are the ones I really like. There's also some called Asics uh, Gel Nimbus. Mm -hmm. Gel also, Nimbus? Yes. Oh, yeah. The Gel Nimbuses, those are optimal shoes, but really any shoe, um, you take it, you twist it, you try, and, you try and bend the toe. The more stable it is, the more difficult it is to move around. In general, the better it's the stability be. shoes. Yeah, yes. the the more stable the shoe in general, the better it's going to be for you. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Doctor Levine, for putting your best foot forward. Thank you for having me, Paula. Based on this, what advice can you give our listeners about feet? Uh, house band Longo Chu. Uh, first of all, you're great. Second of all, could you give me some background music for my uh, foot knowledge? Your feet are a vital part of the kinetic chain. So when your feet aren't working good, your whole body falls apart. <coughs> oh, my feet. High heels are bad because the heels are so much higher than the toes, but those god-awful wedge shoes that lift both the heels and the toes six inches off the ground are just great. That's Dr. Patrick Levine of Burbank, California. Everyone should wear compression socks. And if everyone did wear compression socks, it'd be perfectly acceptable to come in late to work with the excuse, oh, sorry I'm late. I couldn't get my compression socks on. My roustabouts are off today. 
Dr. Patrick Levine is a podiatrist and a foot and ankle surgeon. Thank you, Dr. Levine. When we come back, the Green New Deal. Is Kermit the Frog involved? Find out when nobody listens to Paula Poundstone returns. The Cat of the Week is Costello from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Nice. Thank you, Longo Chew. Paula, as always, you are playing cities across the United States in the coming weeks. Where are you going to be? Let us know. Let us in. On June 7th, I'm in St. Paul, Minnesota at the Fitzgerald Theater. Mm. And on June 21st, I know you're going to guess this, you can find me in Medford, Massachusetts at the Chevalier Theater. The Chevalier Theater. Chevalier sounds a little fancy for Medford, but by you golly, know, one is inside the other. I went to school in Medford, and I love the place. And I, yeah. I urge everybody to check out you at the Chevalier. The Chevalier. Which, which wasn't there when I was at uh, Tufts University, but, you know, Medford was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, Paula, you, uh, did you know that while you're traveling in the United States, this podcast is hitting the iTunes comedy charts, not just here at home, but worldwide? Well, I'm not surprised, Adam. You know, we have over... A dozen listeners here in the United States. Yeah. No, but we occasionally we occasionally appear fairly high on those iTunes comedy charts. Now nobody knows how those iTunes charts really work. It's not really based on downloads. No. I think it's based on how they feel about us and I Cupertino. Think it is. It's very much yeah. done the way traffic lights are done. Yeah, but um we we're showing exactly. We're showing up uh, we are showing up on the charts not as high as we are here in America because you have a uniquely American sensibility. I believe well, it was Us magazine that said that. Did the Us Magazine say I have uniquely New American sensibility? Yeah, yeah, it said that I was. Uh, yeah, it also said that I. What, what do they always say? They say people are. Oh, I can't just think like of the us. phrase. No, stars they are just like us. They always say people are uh, opening up. That's what they always say. Opening up about their marriage. Opening up about their religion. Opening up. I so now, often, you're always opening up wish, about everything. I wish they would close up a yeah. lot of times. That's what the they said about, about Pete Buttigieg recently. He's opening up about his religion. I I feel politics and religion don't belong together. So Pete Buttigieg, you're great, but close up about your. Religion. Interesting. I, we don't. We don't need to hear. Well, it. that might explain something. The close up about religion might explain the fact that we are number three hundred and seventy, down forty eight spots from last week in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Why are there people close up about their religion in Saudi Arabia? They're, no, they're pretty open about it. Is yeah. the thing. In yeah. fact, you're not really allowed to shut down about religion in Saudi Arabia. Oh, you have to be one kind of religion, though. Is Let's that just right? say if you were playing basketball there, your one your only problem wouldn't just be your Dr. Scholl's wooden sandals that you... No, I'd have a, a burka too, right? You'd I mean, have, a, I have to burka. You'd have to, yeah, you'd have to do the full, the full body thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that might be why we're down there. And, yeah. uh, however, just next door in Israel, we're number 297. Number 297 in so Israel. Apparently which... the Jews and the Muslims agree about something. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, you know, that's... You I just, think we might be bringing together the Middle East here. You just got to find <laughs> one place of commonality and right. from there you build. You build. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you listen to her? No, do you? Yeah, no. exactly. Yeah. We love not listening to her. Uh, let's have lunch. <laughs> Every day I am grateful that I am not listening to this yeah. podcast. <laughs> what do you do when you're not listening to her? So many things. Yeah. You? Yeah, I do many things when I'm not listening to her. Uh-huh. Now, my brother, I will talk to you when I'm not listening to her. Let's share our land. Okay, um, you know what? 
that's, we're, we're, a, that's how it happens. That's, how that's it happens. exactly the peace how process. it happens. We did it. Uh, we're doing. We're faring a little better in the Bahamas, where we're number two thirteen. Two hundred thirteen. Number two hundred thirteen in the Bahamas. It's better than in Saudi Arabia and Israel. So yeah, exactly. It, it's still not. We're not a smash hit there. I mean, because we've yeah. we've broken the top ten, I think, occasionally here in America. Yeah. But um, we'll yeah. take two hundred and thirteen. Uh-huh. Not among American Jews, though. No. No, we are Apparently down not. or American uh, Muslims. But we're still cli- climbing the charts. We're number 156 in Moldova. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Oh, my god. It's gosh. because of that nice Moldovan sensibility that you convey when you speak, I think. Yeah. 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 And there's a sense sometimes that uh, I eat Moldovan cheese. Yeah. 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 If you, Isn't there, are, there, are there food products that are, would be familiar to people that come from Moldova? You know, with Tony Anita Hall uh, out of action this week, there's no way of knowing. Yeah. <laughs> our our, uh, our producer, uh, um, Tony Anita Hall, uh, has, uh, what is it, sciatica? Is that what it is? She has sciatica. Yeah, she yeah. has sciatica. Um, uh, because you know Bonnie, why? Just put that thing down. Because you know why? <laughs> God damn it. Without Tony here, Bonnie's like crinkling yeah, some water. Bonnie was over opening here. a water. That's the only person who could make liquid crinkle. Yeah. yeah. She had a bottle that was open, but yeah. that wasn't good enough for her. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, Tony Anita Hull has sciatica. Right. Um, you know why? Why? Because she has those wedge shoes. Have you seen those wedge shoes? Now, again, it seems She's like you've learned like, nothing. No, she's up like a, a, twelve inches. Po- she I, fell off the wedge shoes. No, she didn't. Yeah, they had to get a. You know what? What? They had to get a fireman's ladder to get her down from her from wedge those shoes? wedge shoes. But now fortunately, her heel was up. about as high as her toes, just, so she's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, tell that to her broken neck. Yeah. You, you, you know what? Yeah. You know why nobody listens to Paula Poundstone? Because the people who do aren't alive anymore. <laughs> The people who listen to me aren't alive anymore. Yeah, that's not this true. seems like your advice is just universally bad. Okay, no, that's uh, not bad advice. To get off the wedge shoes, we just I, had a doctor tell us that they're actually can be pretty good for you. They're not good for you. They, right. You know what? Even doctors can be wrong. I, I love that your your counter argument is not uh. Yeah, he seemed. Yeah, oh, you should see me in the debates. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know Ms. Poundstone, you have 60 seconds. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish there would be some one of the Democratic candidates that when they get the nomination, that they um, they have me like a pinch hitter. Uh, they have me come in and debate for debate, just, Trump just for the so that I could use my nuh-uh. Yeah. You know, years ago when they had that Crossfire was on TV, they had wanted me at right. one point. That was when you had to turn a crank to watch TV. Uh, yeah, I forget what the issue ago. was they were debating. I mean, maybe it even was same-sex marriage. I can't remember anymore. But something along those lines. And, like, they asked if I would, you know, take the— Oh, be know, on the, Crossfire. Be and on the correct side of the issue. Argue with Robert Novak And or I said I couldn't. Because I knew that when the person on the other side put out their argument, it was just going to make my head want to explode. Okay. And that in the end, you know, my my response would just be like, Ugh! and that's not as articulate as we need. Probably not to win our, that debate. But ultimately, side. that was one. Yeah. Um, we're number 96 in the United Arab Emirates, by the way. Oh, in the UAE? In the UAE, we're number oh, 96. We're, number so we're actually climbing the charts. Uh, the, the Saudis, you know, guys, wake up. Because right across the border in the UAE. But you they, know they, your map. Well, it's not. Re- yeah. Yeah. That's right. we'll impressive. Say that's right across right the border. Across the border. Yeah, in the UAE. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Number 96. Number nine, we're climbing. Woo! I don't know who's ahead of us, but yeah, uh, look either. out, guys. Isn't that one of those rich places, United? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Is that the place with the really tall building? I don't. I think you're thinking of um, 
Uh, what's that other country with the tall buildings? Dubai. Dubai. Oh, Dubai. Yeah. Thank you very much, Dubai. Ray Horseman. Where they have the, like, the tallest building in the world that, is yeah, in Dubai. They, they just build a lot it just of cause... women go there just to put on their wedge oh, shoes. What we they do is here. they put the shoe outside the window. Right. And then they lower themselves onto the shoe from like the 56th floor. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You're That's just not going to let up. Well, he because... hasn't left the studio yet. You're just victimizing a guy who doesn't have a microphone at this point. Yeah, exactly. Very bad yeah. for Dr. Levine here. <laughs> anyway, let's bring it back home to the Dr. United States. Dr. Levine. He's got, trust me, people fall off those shoes and they need ankle surgery. Oh, you, yeah, they are, they are, there's a fucking yeah, yeah. choo-choo train of them going by yeah, his you're office. Right. You're right. His cousin runs yeah. a roadside uh, wedge stand for, yeah. right down the street from his office. Yeah. And they also have, like, they, have a, they have a tow truck that goes out. <laughs> Just picking up all these, all these women. Yeah, they come uh, yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, I am on the, I'm on the side of the 405. I've Falling off my wedge. I, I we'll want to move right on because we, we've got it. We've got another um, guest to render speechless here. Um, here in the United States, there's an environmental resolution uh, created by freshman Congresswoman AOC. You might know her. I love her. Yes, and and it's gotten a lot of buzz lately. It's the Green New Deal. Yes, yes, and I want to know about the Green New Deal. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. Other than it's supposed to be a radical change. So we've been told um, by scientists from around the world, UN scientists from around the world, wrote us a letter a while back, right, a year ago or so, mm -hmm. saying that we, if we do not radically, they may have used the word radically, right. um, reverse what we're doing, change entirely what we're doing in terms of emissions, the, the earth will be toast by 2030. Yeah, or 40, depending on how you're scoring it. But yeah. I had I, not heard 40 before. I'd okay. only heard 2030. Yeah, 30 is the new hotness. They were talking about like if, if we hit 30 without doing anything extreme, we're going to be really, really in bad shape. And I just heard Beto O'Rourke um, presenting his ideas about what to do. And he said that we're going to turn it around by 2050. Well, that's fantastic. Except math dictates that that's 20 years later than we're Exactly. Toast. It's 20 yeah. years too late. We're going to be burnt toast now, by now, then. Let me ask you a question because I want to yes. introduce our guest. I think we should. And in, right in front of you, you have two talking points that you wanted to get to before we introduce our guest. And you've gotten to neither. So yeah. that do doesn't you trouble me the way it troubles you. I just want to know if you want to uh, do that or do you okay, want to just move on? I believe on? that it was Hickenlooper, presidential Democratic Hickenlooper from okay. uh, Colorado, sure. uh, who said, uh, somebody asked him, I guess in one of those town hall meetings, they said, you know, uh, do you support the Green New Deal? And he said, uh, well, we need a new deal and it better be green, uh, which I thought was a great dodge. Yeah. Uh, a brilliant dodge. Yeah, so, yeah I agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah. So I, the truth is, I don't know what's in it. I, okay, great. Well, we're ready to find out. We've got an expert to tell us what the deal is. What's the deal with the new deal? Um, Dr. Christian Gross is an associate professor of political science and public policy at the University of Southern California, which I like to call USC. He is the academic director of the USC Schwarzenegger Institute for State and Global Policy in the USC Price School of Public Policy. Wow. That's he is also the author of the award-winning Congress in Black and White, Race and Representation in Washington and at Home. Please welcome uh, Dr. Christian Russ. Well, he would be the perfect guy to ask. Right. Instead, we bloviated for five minutes before even acknowledging I wouldn't call that bloviation. Okay. Welcome, Dr. Rose. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks uh, very much for being here. For those of us who don't know what the Green New Deal is, start at the beginning. Can you give us the gist of it in a few, uh, like, need-to-know bullet points. Yeah, sure. I mean, so it came up from Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Mm -hmm. She's charismatic. She's young. Lots of young people really like her. 
Uh, she proposed it. It's a resolution. I have a copy if you want to, if you want right. to look. Um, but it's a non-binding resolution, which means that it, it doesn't do it, anything. Yeah. If it's passed, it would not become law. It's actually more of a statement of what you want to see in regards to the environment and a few other things that are not quite related to the environment. And that's, okay. um, that's where it gets kind of interesting. Oh, what? So what in her Green New Deal is not related to the environment? So she has a lot of things that are just generally, you know, progressive and liberal policies about union, uh, pro-union policies. Inside the Green um, New Deal? In the Green New Deal. Yeah, there's a number of uh, bullet point items that are related to um, the environment. And then it gets into things about uh, minimum uh, living wage for people. Um, Which is going to help us how in terms of the environment? Um, I mean, in terms of the environment, it's a little bit beyond what we would con- right, generally consider, consider green although, policy. Although I do have to say that people who feel hopeful, I think, as a general rule, emit less CO two. Um, no, um, are more interested in in things environmental. Okay, you know, it's a little bit. Uh, it seems like a stretch to me, especially in a non-binding resolution. But uh, well, I can't speak to whether or not your resolution binds. But uh, <laughs> eat more bananas. I'd like to have oh. a non-chafing resolution. That would be good. Um, okay. All right. So there, so there are things in it that uh, that may be uh, tangential at, yeah. at best yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, what about the, what I about the, call the, that pork the, barrel? <laughs> what about the meat of it? I was just looking for something. Yeah. No. It's, I mean, tangential is exactly right. So there's things that are tangential to the environment, and there's things that are related to the environment. So it's things like. Um, uh, going to 100% renewables, it's trying to get the world to also go to 100% renewables, not just the United States. Mm-hmm. It's a really uh, quick timeline to get the United States to 100% uh, renewables. When um, you say quick, do you mean unrealistic? Um, I mean, it is it is more of an aspirational document than a realistic document. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm hesitant to say unrealistic or not, because given what we know about the science the of climate is, change, yeah. the timeline right. is advanced. But in terms of the likelihood of passage... And even implementation, it's fairly um, not pragmatic. Okay, so uh, people, and that, that's why people are a lot of people are against this, right? Because it's not pragmatic, and it it seems to be something that would interfere with industry and business. Is that the basic uh, thing? I think that's some of it. I mean, so I think some of it is the non-environmental component mm-hmm. leads Republicans, especially, to oppose. Sure. And then some of the moderate Democrats who are in tougher um, House districts are afraid mm-hmm. of it for that reason and some of the costs. So there's some there's some really good ideas in there about... Yeah, tell know, us what the good ideas inside the document so are. So like renewable, you know, working... On, so get, so getting to more renewables is good, right? Mm-hmm. Reducing greenhouse gas is good. Paul has um, a mulch pile. The uh, yeah, the encouraging encouraging mulch piles not in the Green New Deal, but a good idea. Okay. Um, yeah, the, <laughs> I think if I write to her, she'll put um, that in there. Yeah, she probably will. Yeah. She may add it in there. Um, the uh, there's things about you know um, changing buildings so that they're more they're more green. Um, there's reducing emissions in general, which would do a lot of stuff regarding airplanes. Regular, you know. Airplanes. Well, airplanes are just a massive amount of, of greenhouse gases from airplanes, right? It's, yeah, exactly. it's underrated that our air fleet out there is doing so much more damage than you'd think compared to cars. Yeah. Oh, and I, cars didn't, I didn't know that. My cars yeah. too, yeah. 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 Well, you know, they say that peanuts give people gas. Is that true? Uh, we're just going to take a moment. Uh, Longo, could you play us a little music while we process this? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just one additional kind of gas that we don't need. I know Thank that, you, Longo. for example, meat. You know, cow, cow, oh, now, cow gas is oh, yeah. part of that our emissions problem. Methane from, from, yeah, yeah. Now you're that does actually. Do humans increase, put yeah. out methane when we have gas? Also, yes. Yeah, okay. We well, so they it's should. It's not a major pollutant, and it's not cows, eating peanuts. Yeah. It's increasing the amount of methane in the atmosphere. Am I no, right? No, but on airplanes, I think people have a lot of gas. 
And if they they don't have to have peanuts on airplanes, it's oh. just one small way. Dr. Gross, how glad are you that you came on this show at this point? <laughs> um, okay, so there's not a lot of big details in the document. It's not, it's not, because it's, it's a... It's a general roadmap and not a not a specific set of directions. Yeah, exactly. So there so there's a lot of identifying the problem and mm-hmm. then adding in some other stuff that's not related to the environment and there's no delegation to an agency, right? So like a bill that usually would pass that would have some teeth to it would say the EPA is charged with XYZ. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're spending this much millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands uh, to allocate to do those regulations, right? There's none of that in here. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no implementation. There's no directing a particular agency who, uh, to oversee this. It's just a bullet point list of sort of what what are good goals to get to mm-hmm. on a timeline that's unlikely to be met. So, as a public policy guy, how do you feel about it? Or is that just it? What you just said there? I mean, it's, I think, it's really nice, but it's it's not realistic and non-binding. I think the aspirational part is really cool. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I think if there's space for aspirational policy that's unlikely to pass, um, it's already had a pretty huge impact. A freshman legislator who's 30 years old, um, even if it's not going to go anywhere, to have changed the, um, the, I mean, the resolution has effectively changed the discussion in the Democratic Party and even in the Republican Party about climate change. And so in that sense, it's been really impactful from a policy standpoint. In an implementation standpoint, it's not doing very much. It's not going to do anything yeah. except change the the direction of the dialogue. Yeah. So what? This is like, yeah, but you know, I'll tell you. Um, I I think it was Pete Buttigieg maybe that I heard say this one time, and then I have just anecdotally noticed it myself, which is that younger people take this more seriously than older people. And the truth is, older people aren't going to have, you know, we, we don't have much to worry about. We'll be dead, and these guys are going to be stuck with the planet with no, you know, no drinking water. And my friend Ed Begley, and polar bears Jr. in every street corner, says, yeah, yeah that we're going to lose Miami. Uh, you know, they're, they're, so these very real and disastrous things are going to happen that most of the critics of this will long be dead and not care about. So I don't understand this. The idea that we're going to do it slowly and it's an unrealistic timeline and Americans don't like so much to go to the government. It's 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 like courting slowly when you're, you know, when you're a hundred years old, why would we go slow on something that requires dramatic change? Yeah. I mean, I think going fast is good, right? So in California, we've done some of the things that are proposed in the, in the Green New Deal and the timeline's a little bit slower than the Green New Deal and California is kind of on the cutting edge. But doesn't that also push the industry into resignation? I mean, like our, our mileage standards in California have changed the entire automotive industry, right? right? So there's right. there's real things that, Cal- that that a state with as big a you know population as California can do to influence the country at large. Is that a good approach? Yeah, I mean, so th- I mean that's one approach that I think is more more realistic. And what, what's happened in California? I brought I brought just as an example for everyone who cannot see on the podcast. Oh, right? oh yeah, hold that up, sorry. Here's a, here's a bill passed in 2006 called the California Global Warming Solutions Act, and oh, it's much that. longer. And that's because it has implementation and it has. Uh, details about where <laughs> who will be making the decisions to implement uh-huh. the changes that will lead to and these are lead. changes towards can uh, I look at it uh, emission yeah, sure. standards and uh, alternative power I think there's a lot of solar in there isn't there um, in that one it's a lot about it's a lot about emission standards okay. and it's about it was to basically reduce the the levels of uh, greenhouse gases um, to lower to lower levels than were the projected directions and how has it worked. Uh, it's worked. It's worked pretty well. Um, it says right here that every Californian has to have a couch where a person from <laughs> Miami can sleep. So this really is. Oh wow! Taking direct so action. So Miami, we've got your back if yeah. you don't feel like uh, having a sunken living room. Yeah, if you don't want to float away. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I like yeah. that you're perusing this bill. I am. I'm glancing over the whole bill. I mean, and uh, by the way, honestly, it's the way this, this 124, team... but it's, uh, uh, no, right. 150 pages, but it's small pages. Whereas the Green New Deal seems to be uh, three six large pages. Six pages. Yeah. Wow. It's less than 2,000 words. Yeah. Well, then, and yet I haven't read it. All right, let me peruse the Green New Deal. <laughs> I can't believe, wait, uh, yeah, sorry, let's that just was wait. Longo, can deal. we have some Paula perusing the Green New Deal music, please? the bat, she says human activity is the dominant cause of observed climate change over the past century, which I think is great uh, that she points that out. Um, and what's happened since is that humans have been totally inactive. Uh, yeah, we stopped it's moving. Human, yeah. It's, that's really our strength so far is yeah. that we've been inactive. I, I think even to we identify it as human activity, I mean, finally people on the Republican side are beginning to say, yes, yes, maybe there is climate change. But a lot of them still cling to the idea that it's not our fault. Um, and that, well, it, Which means, that? I don't. That, what do they think we can do about it? What do the Republicans think? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think so. I, what one thing that's really interesting about Ocasio Cortez's Green New Deal proposal is it moved Mitch McConnell in the Senate to bring her her resolution up in the Senate, mm-hmm. even though it was a non-binding resolution in the U.S. House, mm-hmm. and um, it it's also uh, which is the it was done for a political reason to try to put Democrats on the hot seat to have to vote oh, yes to for them, this, yeah, right, um, because it's pop it's relatively popular, but then it would be it'd be um, dangerous for people who are in difficult states that are yeah. more Republican, purple state Democrats, yeah, um, and so he but he brought it up right, and so by bringing it up, there's now some proposals that are starting to be developed on the Republican side that are a little bit more moderate, probably not as um, quick to try to address things, but the um, but proposals nonetheless that yeah. do that do what like like what's what's a Republican offering that you're familiar with? From what I understand, it's there have been very little. And then now there's discussion Something. in the Senate since okay. March when this happened in March. Okay. I talked to a guy um, while I was boarding a plane the other day, so you know he's an expert. Okay. And uh, no, he he was a guy in insurance, and he said insurance companies sure believe in uh, in global warming. Oh yeah, every 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 business or or governmental organization that touches the real world knows they have to deal with this. I mean, the the the, the schism between. Um, uh, Republicans in government and Republicans in the Pentagon is amazing because the Pentagon knows that this is uh, um, this is happening right now, right? And they have to have a plan. Yeah, and I mean it has an impact on um, has an impact on national security, right? right. Like climate change is gonna. It's not just it's not just for uh, fires and it's not just flooding in Miami. It's actually um, has it's directly related to national security. How is it directly related to national security? So that I did not bring the Pentagon report that they recently released. But they they did recently release a report that's actually somewhat contrary to what the president has even said on the issue. Yeah. Wait a minute. So the president's been inaccurate? Well, look, this is just preliminary. Don't panic, Paula. This shocks me. Um, Is it going to get so hot that it causes the nuclear weapons to go off prematurely? They're not firecrackers, Paula. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like it could be. No, it's it's about food insecurity causing mass migrations and, 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 and destabilizing government, stuff like that, right? Yeah, I'm I'm less familiar with the national security component. Oh, okay. It, but, well, then I am. I'm the yeah, expert so here. Do you have any questions expert. for me, Doctor Gross? I do. Tell me more. Uh, <laughs> well, that's all I got. Um, so, uh, if you were putting together a Green New Deal, is there something that that AOC missed? What would you do in a Green New Deal, or would it just, or would your advice be just make that thing binding and get it through the Congress? Well, I don't 
don't think she says anywhere here. Now, I haven't read the whole four pages thoroughly. No, you've read about a I'm, sentence while I'm, we're sitting no, here. No, <laughs> no, I've read a little bit of it, but I'm not Bill Barr. I can't read and conclude that quickly. Uh, but uh, the green the green part is the environmental part, but the New Deal part is the rest of it, meaning that um, to secure for all people of the United States for generations to come, clean air and water, climate and community resiliency, healthy food, access to nature, sustainable sustainable environment. You get the idea. It's not just saving the earth necessarily. The New Deal part is the part where we give economic security to other. Uh, yeah. To, oh, so to you're, all you're of saying us. that when we were dogging it earlier as being some stuff that was superfluous. Right. You're saying it all f- falls onto the New Deal part of precisely the Green New Deal. that we. I was focused <clears throat> on the green. Um, Congresswoman, I apologize if you're listening. Yeah, I'll bet she is. Yeah, I bet she is too. Yeah. Now, while you continue reading, I'll return no, to the question ahead. with return our to guest. The question. Uh, if you were constructing a Green New Deal, what would you do differently? Yeah, I mean, I would I would probably cut some of the non-environmental stuff. That, and if you favor that, put in a different bill, mm-hmm. right? It's it's just gonna it's <clears> gonna bring <throat> opponents to the bill that you might otherwise be able to get. Um, because there are people there there are opponents to these ideas. There are there are opponents to uh, secure for all people of the United States for generations to come, clean air and water, <laughs> well, not that climate one. and community resiliency, <laughs> not that one, but healthy the... food, okay. access to nature. It's fucking Mitch McConnell, isn't it? No. He doesn't want people having access to nature. <laughs> he's from Kentucky. Yeah, but, but, you know, he doesn't want anyone having access to nature. He doesn't want people in his nature. backyard. That's he's, one of the he's things. He's Mitch Get Off My Lawn McConnell. Yeah, go yeah. on, your kids, get out of yeah, here. Yeah, this bluegrass yeah. doesn't grow itself. Now, um, no, but he I, doesn't I, want a sustainable environment. He does. The thing is, stuff like the minimum wage. I think. I think if if Dr. Gross were here, I might even ask him point blank. Um, mm. Stuff like the minimum wage is unlikely to be really popular with Republicans, right? Uh, yeah, with, yeah, I mean yeah. with Republicans because we don't want. Sustainable Will you let communities. Him talk? Sorry, just go ahead. let him talk. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, go so ahead. yeah, I mean, a living, a living, it's all yours. Yeah, yeah. A, li- a living wage, which is actually pretty popular with voters, is not yeah. popular with Republican voters, and it's yeah. not popular yeah. with Republican elected officials. So including yeah. that in there is a potential killer. Yeah. Um, I also would have more details, right? Like, so you do have to spend money on this. You do have to delegate to the agencies. I'd probably use the uh, bill that I talked about, AB thirty two, uh, which was passed in California in two thousand six, as, as a uh, the one that we showed to guide. our listeners. The one, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's a hundred and sixty-page book. So you'd use that as a model to. I'd use that as a model. Yeah. So that's. I mean, that's the kind of thing that worked in California. It, it helped reduce emissions. Mm-hmm. You know, not everything in it needs to be exactly replicated, but there's some. There's some uh, uh, pretty good. Um, content that could be borrowed, which is pretty common. States are the laboratories mm-hmm. and then the the federal government and uh, Congress can often borrow from it. So I think, I mean, I think one thing would be that. Um, I also think, you know, SB 100 was just passed in California. What's which, SB 100? So SB 100 was um, uh, Senator Kevin DeLeon, who um, was the Senate leader who ran against Dianne Feinstein for Senate mm-hmm. in our last election. Um, he was the backer of that. And that's to get to 100% renewables in um, by 2045, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so the just, timeline's a little bit longer. Just 15 years too late. Well, that's yeah. close. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Right, that's I mean, going to be our final words. 15 years ago feels like yesterday yeah, to me. Yeah, boy, just missed it. That's Missed it by that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I understand. When these scientists, why did they choose the number 2030? Why did they say 2030? In, they, do you think it was to give a cushion of some sort? That, in the Green New Deal or yeah, the scientists? And, and the she, scientists. She means the scientists. The scientists um, that said we have until 2030. Do you yeah. think they were 
just trying to panic everyone, but really we have until 2050? Was it like, um, was it like, mm. I remember Mama, who, uh, uh, you know, always oh, said no. we have to go to the bank, but they really didn't have any money in the bank? I mean, is it some sort of a word trick, or is it actual science that we have to be changed by 2030? Please yeah. answer each of those questions individually. Well, no, it is, I mean, it is actual science. And so, the, I mean, I believe the numbers, there's no, I mean, those are the facts, right? And yeah. so I think, I think the difference is to get there in 10 years is to do things like stop flying airplanes, stop driving cars yeah. right, immediately, right? Uh -huh. So to sort of move in that direction that quickly yeah. requires things that I think a lot of people are probably not ready for. And so yeah. it's a trade-off between how do we get to as good as we can by 2030, yeah. um, to, given because, the science, but, uh, but then that, also uh, given our As good our as we can lifestyle. isn't good enough. Well, but you Paul, know, one I, thing I, that's you working- seem, You seem to feel like, like at 2030, if we haven't gotten to the right carbon levels, we all die. Yeah. That's not what the science says. What does the science say? It's a, the science says that that's kind of like the cutoff point for when things are going to get really, really bad. So I oh. think, I think oh. we're pretty oh, at... Oh, okay. My mistake. We're at really, really bad. Yeah. And what we're looking, looking at is a way to... looking forward to really, really bad. Well, yeah. Who, do, who isn't? But am, am I right about that? Like, yeah, exactly. Then it becomes, you know, how do you, how do you mitigate things a little yeah. bit so that once it starts getting really, really bad, it doesn't get to we're all living in a flaming pile of poo. Well, you know... Actually, it'll only be the rich people who can live in the poo. Uh, the poor people won't even have poo to live in. That's the other thing about the Green New Deal, the way I see it from my comprehensive research yeah, that yeah, I've from, done in these few from, seconds. From skimming it. Is that one of the reasons that the environmental stuff does go hand in hand with the economic stuff is the people that are going to die, the people that are going to be flooded out and can't you know, make new houses, it's going to be the poor people. Of course. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? And so there's a reason, if we'd like to keep everybody healthy and happy, that maybe we work with all of us in mind instead of just the rich people in mind. It's just a thought. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think there's definitely an income inequality. You're very stuff. kickback about the, uh, this whole thing I'm finding. <laughs> <laughs> what is he supposed You're, to do? Is he supposed to go to his job every day with his hair on fire screaming? And he's, I mean, he's very, kickback for, is the kind of disposition you need for this kind of public policy for, work. For a guy with, with all the knowledge that you have, you just seem so relaxed. Is it because A, you're stoned, or, <laughs> <laughs> or B, you have a certain level of acceptance, or C, you have a life-threatening disease where you're going to be dead <laughs> by 2029 and you could give a shit about the rest I'm of gonna us. I'm going to go B for, uh, as my guess. What, what is it, so Doctor? It is B. It's yeah. a, like a level of acceptance. A level you just of acceptance. have a level of acceptance. Yeah. And also the yeah. thinking about the, just thinking about the, the um, who's, who is in, uh, who controls the Senate, who controls the House, even yeah. though the Democrats control the House. Yeah, there's a lot of Democrats who don't support this. And so also just being pragmatic about what what's can likely. Be done. Yeah. Here's what I think we should do. Here's what I, I oh think boy. that we should, every American has to sign a piece of paper saying whether or not you're willing to do, you know, make the, make the, the whole, the whole wow, tamale, you know what I mean? Massive defoliation it's going to take to get everybody a piece of paper. Okay. So everybody has to sign Well, they're not using their finger. I hate that online fucking sign with yep, your so finger you're gonna thing. So you chop down all our forests in order to get this, everyone, this green deal passed. Everyone, Fantastic Paula Everyone has to sign a piece of paper and the people who say, no, we don't, we don't support the green. No, it's too, no, it's too much. It's too fast. Fine. We don't rescue you. The rest of us, the ones who are really interested in fixing the problem, we get the, we're, we get the first rescues. And the rest of you, good luck. See ya. Wow. You know, we get, Moments we, ago, I was, I was all like President Poundstone, and now I'm like, 
Yeah. Mm. So you're not going to be my vice president either? I don't think so. No, no. no. You I, know, think I'm I just don't you. understand. Because uh, you, the, uh, because uh, uh, Dr. Gross, your casual attitude very much reflects the rest of our country. No, I feel not. he cares. He's just not panicking. Well, so yeah, I will say, I will there. say. No, we really got him off the dime now. So I've got a, I've got a, I've got a seven-year-old who actually, you know, I, I watch C-SPAN. I have NPR on all the time. He listens. Uh-huh. He heard. He heard you have about a seven-year-old who watches C-SPAN. Bullshit. Not by choice. <laughs> Not by choice. It's on in the house. Well, is it like a punishment thing? It's, it's, it's yeah, just, it's, it's just you know kind what? of around. Yeah, but. I told you to come in for dinner, and you weren't on time. Let him make this Get thing. your ass in the other room and watch C-SPAN right now, young man. <laughs> I'm tired of this. Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> Question. Oh no! And you are watching the the meeting of the community farmers. <laughs> I hate the ways and means committee. Don't make me watch ways and means again. Get, no, you get in there right now. Is any of this ringing a bell, Doctor Gross? A little bit. <laughs> uh, but I will, right, so, so I will say, but he, he heard about this report, right? So uh-huh. he heard about this climate report and what's yeah. going to happen by 2030, right? And he was freaking out. And he I seven, don't blame right? him. And so, and I, I was a little mellow about it, and I yeah. said, you know, it'll be okay, and don't. Yeah. About it, but yes, it's it's very scary, and we should be concerned, and we need to start doing things. So I do think part of it is an age. So you gave him thing. that mixed message. Yes, I did yeah. give a mixed yeah. message. Everything's going to be okay, <laughs> and I hope he said to you, Dad, what the fuck? They said by 2030, we have to turn everything around. What makes you think everything's going to be okay? I'm ending this persecution no, now. Everything <laughs> is not going to be okay. This is why Two. you're not a professor of anything. No, 2030. It couldn't be any fucking clearer. And I keep hearing plans to have everything all, we're going to be headed in the right direction by 2040. Oh, Beto O'Rourke, it's going to be great by 2050. We're going to have some programs in place. We have to do it now. That's all, class. Papers to do on Thursday. Have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to appoint one of you a professor, I think I know who it would be. Well, thank you, Dr. Gross, for helping us resolve our That's reservations. It? Yes! <laughs> We've been going on for like half an hour, Paula. You still, you're not going to stop screaming. We're gonna... I, I, is it because it, you're gonna... supposed to scream about this kind of stuff? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, this you're about a... to have your opportunity because now is when I say, Paula, can you sum up the Green New Deal for our listeners? Uh, House band Longo Chu, uh, all the thoughts about the Green New Deal are so inchoate in my brain right now. Ooh, nice. Could you give me a little background music to try to assemble them in an organized fashion? The Green New Deal is a four-page document written by AOC and a number of congressional co-sponsors. It is a call to reduce greenhouse gases and achieve 100% renewable energy. It includes a mission to address related crises of economic inequity. It does not include specific legislation to fix these problems. It acknowledges the claims of the October 2018 report by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change and the November 2018 Fourth National Climate Assessment Report that say, we must reduce greenhouse gas emissions 40 to 60% from 2010 levels by 2030. Republicans and some so-called moderate Democrats don't want to link economic issues with environmental issues. Even little kids are freaked out by such a stark, clear warning. But light up, drink up, and blow up your water wings, because the powers that be see no rush to respond, and Kansas is counting on the financial boon of developing their beachfront property. 
Dr. Christian Gross is an associate professor of political science and public policy at the University of Southern California. Thank you for being on our show, doctor. Fantastic. And Longo Chu, Hotel California, ironically, where all you Miami people will be staying in the near future. We'll be right back after this word from Maximum Fun. Unless you're able to discuss the semiotics of direwolves in Game of Thrones, Inside Pop is definitely not for you. Sean, that's a little extreme and also not quite true. Okay, Amita, how about Inside Pop is the podcast for people who love and appreciate the best pop culture has to offer. Much better. In every episode, we interview the people who create the culture you crave. Past interviews include Luke Cage showrunner Cheo Hadari Coker, the music supervisor of The Florida Project, and Mudbound director Dee Rees. You'll also get the very best pop culture recommendations in our Big Sell segment. Plus the opinions of two TV producers who are pop culture obsessives and actually do care a lot about direwolves. Which, of course, symbolize our inability to truly connect with the natural world without ultimately destroying it and in the process destroying ourselves. Listen to Inside Pop every other Wednesday. Wednesday on the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Janet Varney, and like many of you, brand new sentient robots excluded, I used to be a teenager. In fact, just about all of my friends were too, including folks like comedian Danielle Radford. And of course, all of us, you, you take on that theater accent and our teacher would say, no, that isn't how people talk. Right. Don't do the super theater kid accent. It's the worst. But so when I was doing theater in high school, of course, I immediately was talking about being in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> so join me every week on the JV Club podcast, where I speak with my favorite women artists, innovators, and humans as we reminisce about the past and how it led us to becoming who we are. Find it every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Welcome back, all you nobodies out there listening. This is your friendly reminder to like us on Facebook at Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. You can find behind-the-scenes videos, pictures, participate in some very serious research polls, and we might just read one of your posts on the air. You know, Adam. Yes? Any number of publishers turned down Harry Potter when J.K. Rowling brought it to them. True. And our show, too, has been somewhat slow out of the gate. Well, somewhat. Unfortunately for us, the similarities end there. Our fans, nobodies they call themselves, are quite devoted to our show, which I really appreciate, but they often aren't certain how to talk to others about our show. Oh, I see where it's going. So I have written some simple sample dialogue for our listeners to use. Okay, now, I, I, I hate to beat a dead horse here, Paula, yeah. but your simple sample dialogue isn't simple. It's, it's, it's very simple. It's it, always been very simple. Well, it's, it's, it's one of the it's, things that I pride myself on. It usually in. hinges it's on situations simple. that are unlikely to be usable to our actual The dialogue itself is quite simple. The dialogue is simple. Yeah. And the, the situations. The scenarios are sometimes somewhat unique, but every listener counts, Adam. That's what I haven't been able to convince you of. You, That's you how you grow your numbers, you know. Uh, Harry Potter, one child told another how right, great it was. Right, but if that other and child. The next thing you know. If that other child wasn't there then it would have ended right there. And and what I'm saying is the yeah. simple every single simple sample dialogue you've written to this point it is inconceivable to me that we have a listener who's in that position. We've been continuing to grow our numbers of listeners, Adam, albeit somewhat slowly. All right, well, uh, just Here give... this week right, is another well. helpful addition. <laughs> you know, it's a ripple. It's a stone in a pond. It's if a there's no water effect. in the pond, there's going to be no it's ripples. A, it's, but a, go, it's a go ripple. Okay. It's a ripple. ripple That's effect. what it is. Yeah. Here we go. Simple, ripple simple this. dialogue for this okay. week. Listener's friend. 
Congratulations on starring in that movie. I saw it last night. You were fantastic. Listener. Oh, thanks. Listener's friend. You've been a cupcake decorator <laughs> and a good one in all the years I've known you. How did you get a starring role in an Oscar-worthy film about the struggles of a stand-up comic? Listener. Oh, that... I listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the podcast, and she sometimes has a segment called Outside the Actor's Studio, where people like Bill Irwin, right. Fred Willard, and a casting director named Jeannie Bacharach coach Paula on auditioning. I just used what I learned from the podcast. Listener's friend, that's amazing. Listener, it's a really good podcast. Listener's friend, you'd think Paula Poundstone would have starred in the film then. Did she audition? Listener, no, but her agent tests food on the podcast sometimes. That's the end of the dialogue right there. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you see what I'm saying? I, I, so I, one I do. listener yeah. listened to the show and she got a starring role in a film. But did she? Yes. Are you aware of an Oscar-worthy film starring a this cupcake is, decorator turned is, actor? This is in the future. Oh, you know, I see. This is in the future. So if you're a listener out there who is a cupcake decorator... It who hasn't might be, happened yet, but this uh, is sample dialogue for this setting, for, for uh, this, this situation. Uh, you know, Paula, can you do me a favor? Yes, Adam. Uh, uh, you know, this is... Uh, I don't know what episode this is. This is probably episode 44 or 45 at this point. Oh, something like that. Next week, yeah. would you come in and just like really make an effort for me yeah. to give simple sample dialogue that might be useful to an existing listener right now? Okay, let let me just say this. Uh, for those of you listening right now, all of you cupcake decorators who are thinking of getting into acting in any way, <laughs> could you please go on our Facebook page and, and, and report uh, that to Adam? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know what? I'd like helpful. to see that. Yeah. And by the way, if you're a cupcake decorator and you're thinking of getting involved in acting and maybe maybe you're coming out to Hollywood to get into a movie, you know, just mention all those credits. Let us know yeah. where your bakery is. Yeah. And what. I'd like to thank, when they make their Oscar speech, I'd like to thank Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Yeah, this is going to be Betty Crocker's acceptance speech. <laughs> She's dead. Uh, I'd like to thank Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. <laughs> For bringing me yeah. back to life. And, and Dr. Frankenstein for reanimating my flesh. <laughs> was there ever a real Betty Crocker, by the way? I don't know. I, right. I, you know, that's not the sort Cap of thing Captain I Crinkle was nodding, but I think she might have been nodding at her phone, which she's yeah, tapping no, away she's, at right now. Yeah. I okay. like her. All right. Well, that's uh, that's that's it pretty much. Uh, nobody's listening. You can always reach us at nobodylistenstopallpounson at gmail.com. That's a good that's a good way to get in, get in touch with us. Yes. And you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're there. That's our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Anthony Alfaro. Special thanks to tonight's house band returning champion Longo Chu. You were fantastic, Yay! man. And thanks again to our guests, Dr. Patrick Levine and Dr. Christian Gross. Our head of security is Jonah Knuckles Glickman. Transcription services for the show provided by TranscribeMe. For your extra special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? <laughs> Cupcake decorator. I'd like to thank. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.